Yes, welcome, welcome to another episode of Being Frank Now. Yeah, that's right. Playing a little old school Billy Ocean. Sound pretty good. Sit back and listen to it for a minute. <laughs> well, I better turn that down a little. Hey, I appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Or hell, whenever you want to listen to it. Hope everything's going good with everybody. And on this, what, a couple days after Mother's Day. Hope all the women out there had a good Mother's Day. The fathers out there that are acting like mothers. Hope you guys have one also. But hey, we got a good episode today, though. Very good episode. I reached out to some um, friends of mine. Of course, Mr. Dr. Robert Oprisco, Robin Johnson, and Mr. Tara Uzzle. Reached out to him, and um, we're going to talk about a serious topic out there, you know? It's basically about self-identity. We all have probably went through some things in our life that made us change, or things that made us stronger. Maybe we never did. Just we've been the same person since birth. Who knows, you know? But I'm not going to talk that much tonight, you know, because I think it's going to be more of a educational for me. Got a very esteemed panel on hand. Very intelligent people. And I'm going to just introduce them one by one. Hey, Mr. Who I got? Oh, man, switch on me. I got Robert Oprisco. You're the first one on the list. <laughs> yeah, it was Robin. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I was looking at my list just flipped on me. Yes. Okay, Robert. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself, bud. Uh, my name is Robert Oprisco. I've got a PhD in political philosophy from Purdue University. I wrote a book called the Phenom- or Honor of Phenomenology, which deals with uh, value and identity. And I think that should hopefully come to play tonight. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You're de- you know, this will feel like a counseling se- session, you know, <laughs> I'm going to sit back and just <laughs> listen and um, talk about some experience, man. But hey, I'm glad you're back on the show. This ain't your first time on the show, you know, and you're always welcome here. But hey, man, I appreciate you joining in tonight, man. I'm happy to be invited. You're a great man. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you, too. And then on next on my list. Oh, Miss Natira Uzzle. Can you hear me, young lady? I can. There you go. Um, yeah, introduce yourself, young lady. Um, I'm Natira Uzzel. I am a have a BS in exercise science. Pretty much been an athletic trainer, sports, physical trainer, personal trainer since uh, 01. I, um, I'm a poet. I have published my first book actually last year. And um, that's about it. What's the name of that first book? Mother of Four. Uh, some of my thoughts is the first book and where can we find that book at it's on amazon i'm um, in search my name or some of my thoughts uh s-u-m so uh some of I my like thoughts that. not I S-O-M. Like that. there you go and drop that name one more time to the title drop that title one more time <laughs> there you go no, it's some of my thoughts some of my thoughts uh, there you yes, go. It's on Amazon.com. There you go. Amazon.com. Y'all make sure y'all go there and peep it out. And Mr. Robin Johnson. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate you coming <laughs> on, man. Yeah, so I'm uh Robin Johnson. I went to high school with all these people. Um Natira, <laughs> I remember a little bit more. Robert, you know, um, like I said, we bumped into each other a couple times, but I um studied exercise science at Indiana State. Uh-oh. Right now, I'm currently uh, a personal trainer. I have my own studio here in Texas and uh, pretty much here just to try to help everybody else reach their um, fitness and athletic goals. There you go. Man, I mean, just I, I'm kind of impressed I put this panel together because I think I'm, 
I'm creating who? I created a, a sculpture of fitness and intelligence. That would be one bad MF right there, boy. That would be one bad MF right there. But, hey, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this, you know. Um, let me ask you guys a question. We all come from different backgrounds, you know. and um, We all probably have, have had some type of negativity towards us, and some in positive also, but it kind of made us who we are as a person, kind of shaped us. But, you know, you always have um, – People like to classify you as what um, the pe- at, at an early age as the people you hang out with. You are who you hang out with. You know, you everybody heard that saying before, and you hang out with a group of individuals, and they're out there being knuckleheads and doing stupid stuff. You might have family or parents be like, "Oh, you're gonna act just like such and such. You're gonna be just like such and such." But you're your own person. You create your own identity, or are you born with the identity that's already given? It's already it's already embedded in your DNA. <laughs> Anybody want to tackle that one? So, um, I, I definitely think it, you're born with it. Really? I, I think it takes a lot of. Okay, so I have four kids. Okay. So I've seen, I've seen personalities be from scratch four different times. Okay. You know, um, okay. they are totally their own person. You know, they're raised in the same house, the same influences, and the way that they process things, the way that I have to deal with them absolutely makes me, this isn't, I, I didn't teach them differently. I don't approach them differently, but I learned that you have to, <laughs> that you have to te- take each of them one by one. How do they hear you? And, and that's not how I taught them. I don't teach them to hear me different. When I say something, it goes in one ear, they process it, what they do, totally different. And I yell the same thing. I yell one message <laughs> <laughs> and they get different things. So I, I don't, That's I nice. do feel like it can be groomed. Yep. It has to be groomed okay. because they are a blank slate. Yes. So they may not know what they know sometimes. Okay. You know, they may not know why they do or why they say, but it has to be groomed. You know, you're here for a reason, but I'm, it's not taught. <laughs> they they like they, they do this. <laughs> I like that. Whether I like it or not. So I like that. Now yeah, that was good. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. You know, yeah. I didn't know how to approach that question at first because, in my mind, first I thought was uh, the grooming as far as the, the, the things that we go through will mold us to how we are. But, you know, when I look back, you know, I don't have any kids, but from what she said, um, looking at my upbringing with my sister and my two brothers, we're completely different, yeah. you know, yeah. now as, as we're going now, it's funny because I, you know, my youngest brother, I thought was most like me growing up. Now he's kind of drifted into his own and got his, found his identity, but it's yeah. funny, you, you know, my brother, Jr. he and I were nothing alike. And now it's like we call every we call each other every Sunday talking about, hey, man, did you check this out? Did you check that out? And so now we're now we've gotten to That's our own room and we're real close now. So it's funny when like she's exactly right. You know, when you when you say it like that, I do think now based off what she was just saying, when you think about it, we are born with a certain identity there. But it's just how it's groomed and, and the, our surroundings can can slightly alter it. But you're when you figure out exactly who you are, you're going to be that person you were supposed to be anyway. If you right. decide that. There you go. I like that. Huh. Wow. I, yeah. <laughs> Robert? Uh, 
I I would love to agree with these two people, uh, but I think that they're being too kind, Uh-oh. too nice, and too understanding. It's Robert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard that. Hey, I've heard that a lot yeah. when I deal with my kids. You're being sure. too nice, <laughs> too too kind, too kind by far. Yeah. So if we start if we start breaking this apart, right? Um, we're dealing with people who are engaging other people as entire persons holistically, right? And that is the most kind, humane thing that you can do. And that is not how identity forms. It's not how it's not how it goes, and it's not how we operate. And that is the travesty, I think, of living in a society that is kind of large. You know, if if you think about the multiple persons, groups, individuals, and uh, agencies, institutions that you deal with, they all look at you in a certain way, right? Based upon their relationship with you. And so I think identity is way more complex than that. And so if we take it as a personality that we all start with the innate elements, right? Mm -hmm. And that that comes forth, I think, uh, uh, materially, right? Your form, right? How tall are you going to be at what point in time? How strong, how fast, what are your, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Um, and then you've got your, your, uh, cognition, right? How do you think? How do you perceive things like that? And you've kind of got your, your spiritual, right? How is it that you engage with others? Right. And then you have, so that's you approaching your world but you on the flip side have the world approaching you and they're going to be kind, generous, nice individuals like we have here. And you have the most rowdy bastards on the face of the planet that come after you. Right. And what's interesting is that I think that we are all, and you can't see me because I've got my cigar and I'm outside, (laughs) but we are, but we are all wearing uh, something with which we want to affiliate. Right. I have on my Indiana's Hoosier shirt. Right. I see Howard rocking in the background of Natira. Right. And then you've got Texas and Superman uh, on the other. And so you're talking about when we talk about identity, we want to identify as being associated with these certain things that we have membership of. And we we associate with a high value. And so there is a huge interplay between the self and the other when it comes to identity that is separate from personality, but not not completely separated. Wow. <laughs> you might want to jump in on that one. I think that um I think that um well go on, Latira. Go on, go on, you go for it. <laughs> no, I mean all I was on I mean as far as I get it is in book wise, mm-hmm. but I I feel okay, practical use of that. Like I, I understand the mm-hmm. words, but when you're practically dealing one-on-one, I I don't see me molding some of the things that I get. You know, I don't see that it being it linked to something else. And you know what I mean? And it could be. Me not knowing what those links are, me not knowing that X, Y, and Z means this, you know, or I don't know. I just, I mean, I agree. I can, when you say it, it's, it's, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? I I see how 
inside it works before you see the expression of you know mm-hmm. their attitude or their personality like i say you know my 4 year old she has this huge personality but mm-hmm. when you break it down it's mimic a lot of it is her mimicking her older sister it is her mimicking me which i hate which <laughs> teaches me a lot about me um it, i i i get it i mean that's mm-hmm. not a perspective that i guess i would have pulled off on my own you know mm-hmm. from dealing with them but i mean i get that this comes from something that that it has to come from somewhere because i also believe that they are born a blank slate so they are only going to know what i teach them if i don't teach them you know whatever then they are they're always going to know to put bleach in their water when they wash dishes because that's what they know it's not going to be there's going to be something weird if they see someone that doesn't do it so it's not a part of who they are it is part of what they you know what they've been exposed to what they see what they hear when i don't realize what they hear you know you 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 got a you got a point there robert with pretty much the surroundings um the experiences and how people deal with us you know um and from my personal experience i mean i've lived everywhere um military brat i think we moved before I moved to Terre Haute, like 11 different times. And I, and I was a senior there. I went to three high schools um, in a matter of four years. So um, I still, and I'll say this, because when I lived on a military base for mo- for all of my life until my junior year of high school, I may have been, I mean, while I was sheltered, um, I didn't experience a lot of the stuff y'all did in Terre Haute. And so my view is a little biased because it was in such a diverse community. Um, mm-hmm. like I was, I was mm-hmm. really different when I came to Indiana. I mean, from Virginia, North Carolina. Yeah. We had issues with like say race or something like that, but we were so intertwined that there was such a diverse community. The biggest differences we had was what was your parents' rank? That was pretty mm-hmm. much like our division. And so when you did, when, when I, and I, I'm getting into that because the same person I was and was wanting to be before I even moved out of a military base, I found myself as that same person now. Um, through mm-hmm. a lot of changes and stuff here and there between the way of me being 14 years old to now, I'm, I am a better version of my 14-year-old self and with the things that I love and that my, who I am. Because I knew, I believe I knew who I was then. And that's why I was saying what Natira said, you know, we are a certain way, we're groomed. It wasn't until I left a military base where I, I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to find out where, okay, is this my group? Is this my group? When I, when I got to Terre Haute, I, I, I mean, that was the first time I had been in a situation to where I felt like I was really a minority. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, may have, it may have shown because I, I gravitated to just athletes at one point, and that wasn't normally me. Um, my, so my junior year, I moved to northern Indiana. Um, I grew up around a diverse community. And when I moved to Indiana in the inner city, like, I mean, I might as well have been on, on a bad side of Indianapolis kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was openly diverse with different people, I was looked at as the weirdo. Like, what are you hanging out with him for? You know, he, he white, he Mexican. What are you hanging out with? I didn't know. And, and so then if you if y'all remember me at all, when I came to Terre Haute, I quickly migrated to just athletes, honestly. Um, can I ask if, if uh, can I ask if that was 
because one of the few places that was acceptable, I think, uh, across Terre Haute for inclusive um, diversity was athletics. Yeah, see, so with with me personally, um, I remember when I first moved there, um, my mom had already lived there. And the I wasn't even going to play football, to be honest with you. Um, when I first moved there, a gentleman told me, you're not going to you're not going to make the basketball team. So, you know, this is what's going on. This is a team here. You need to go in and play every sport you can. You athletic this and that. I think when I started playing football, I was looking for a place because to, to have friends. I don't think it was because it was accepted or more, mm. more accepted. Cause I had no idea what Terre Haute was. You know, I didn't even sure. learn about Larry. I didn't even learn Larry Bird went to Indiana state until I got to Terre Haute. Honestly, I, I, I didn't, I knew nothing about it. When I, when I drove down that main street by the stadium, I can't even remember it now because um, it's been so long since I've been there. The first thing I thought about was a pistol Pete backwoods movie. You know, I was like, oh, where the hell am I at? You know, like, you know, I thought I was going to see somebody dribbling a basketball down the street, you know. And um, but but if you if like I said, if you go back to that, I was just trying to find friends because I moved so much. And it was like everywhere I went, I couldn't connect with people. So and I knew I was athletic. So regardless of what was already there for the city. I knew, OK, you can make this team and maybe you'll be able to connect with some people. So it was easier for me to jump on a team, even though there were issues behind that also, and stay within a sports situation, whether I knew those people or not. You know, mm -hmm. I just was like, OK, I'm on a team and I'm welcomed here. And then mm -hmm. maybe my attitude migrated to some of the people I hung around and I started to mimic some of their actions. But mm -hmm. as I grew older, I realized that wasn't me. So exactly. And that that's I'm glad you touched on that, Robin, because you said childhood, you know, it's like through, through our childhood, a lot of us are looking for some type of self identity, something that we can like tag along and watch and, and um, just gravitate to and like like a role model type. You know what I'm saying? Like growing up, I didn't really have no role model. I really didn't. So and I've I've always been comfortable in my own skin. And that's what I want to get to. Have you ever had an instance? in your adolescent years, adolescent years only that you have mm. kind of like thought, man, I'm not, you know, you're still searching for who you are, but there's a lot of individuals that wasn't comfortable in their own skin. And for instance, for me, I've always been a big kid, you know, everybody, oh, you know, big Frank, he's darker. He's whatever. You know what I'm saying? I heard it all darker, fat, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Lived in a shotgun house, um, this, that, 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 whatever. But, it never affected me, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew who I was from an early age. You know, I knew I was the bigger kid, you know what I'm saying? I got along with white kids and black kids, but a lot of the kids that talked about me growing up were the black kids, you know what I'm saying? But that didn't sway me away from my own culture, my own people. So I've always had tough skin at an early age, and I got to self-identify, I kind of identified myself of who I wanted to be. I always liked to be the villain at an early age. Remember Batman? <laughs> yeah, seriously, I love being the villain. Batman. Nobody know this. I love the Joker. I love the Joker. You know, Jack Nicholson, I mean, I just love the Joker. Hell. And I've always like gravitated to the outlaw type, the bad P, the, the bad villain, the, the one that nobody likes. Until this day, I still carry that chip on my shoulder of, I don't care if you like me or not. You know what I'm saying? But that's just me. I kind of thrive off of people not liking me mm -hmm. because it make me want to mm -hmm. prove them wrong. So, and that's why as I got older, my circle have gotten smaller. Yeah. But I knew who I have been from day one. I know some individuals that have went like on a roller coaster on identity. 
I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be this. I want to be that. I don't know. I want to fit in here. I want to fit in there. And Robin touched on something. He speak on childhood. You know, we're, it seems like we're still trying to find ourselves. We have adults now that are still don't know who they are as individuals. Oh, for sure. For sure. Where, and I know this, I just, I went everywhere on this, but what I was wanting to ask you is, um, man, my phone just went out. Can trauma and events change a person from who they were to who they are? Oh, for sure. Right. Uh, simply put, and I'd love, I'd love other people to riff on this, but in my experience, trauma is like um, tempering a sword, right? It's either going to make it stronger or it's going to shatter it. And sometimes you can put the pieces back together, but it's never quite the same if it shatters. But I, I think perhaps what we have here, though, are four people with strong personalities, a strong sense of identity. And so when, you, when we with strong personalities go out into the world, we are in combat to a degree with how we are viewed by others because we are going to inflict our will upon how we are perceived regardless of their intentions right and so i'm just like you i thrive off of conflict if there is a fight i want it i want all of it all the smoke i want it now but not every not everybody has that and so i think there's a division between people who are like us which i would call proceptive you engage the world as you will right will being uh, the will to live the will to be and people who are more receptive want to take and incorporate the external views of self and internalize it. Say that again. You said proceptive. Yeah, you called me on that one. Yeah, so, so proceptivity. I got the definition. Proceptivity is a, a, a phrase, or I'm sorry, a term coined by Justice Buckler in the 1920s, I think. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's being proactive in your engagement, right? So you go out and you proactively engage your world. Receptivity right. is someone who allows the world to engage them. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. so if you're proceptive, proceptively directed, then you have this strong sense of identity and you want others to see you as you see yourself. If you have a receptive identity... You are willing to be advised by external forces as how you ought to be perceived. Put so, a check on, yeah. Put a check on that, but I want I want to come back to that one. Go ahead, Natera. Um. So you asked two questions. I mean, we we kind of I've been taking notes like uh, so I'm all over the place. Um, adolescence, <laughs> I didn't have. I felt like I already knew who I was. It may have been like a, a over <laughs> idea of who I was and what I thought I could do. And, and this idea of uh, if I want it, I mean, there's only a matter of work that I needed to do to get it. There wasn't a, I couldn't have, or I, it wasn't meant for me, or, you know, I'm not fit in a certain place. Or um, I picked and choose my friends in high school. I talked to who I wanted to talk to. Um, back then, I had no idea what it was, but I fed off of energy a lot. I didn't like the way I felt when I walked around you. I don't like the way they look. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, a physical, oh, they're black, they're white. I don't like the way they look. 
I don't like the way she's standing there. You know what I mean? Like that closed off, unapproachable type of person. I don't feel like I need, I didn't, I didn't have a need to be liked, but I didn't ever want someone to feel like you weren't welcome. You know what I mean? I don't, I didn't ever want to be the cause of you're an outcast or I'm the mean girl type thing. I was overly conscious of not being the mean girl, not being this cute girl that had this attitude that was unapproachable and, and rude and, and that, like, that was drilled into me a lot um, about who I was, but I never had the need to prove to somebody any of that. <laughs> I didn't feel it, but I do feel like my over esteem of who I am, trauma destroyed that. Mm. I thought I was here. So how dare I be in a domestic violence situation? Because mm. me, you know what I mean? Like trauma shot it out the water of who I was and what I could be in and, and all of any of the airs and, and boxes that could be. You know, a lot of trauma, uh, it, it changed it. It changed me. It changed the way I thought I was. So, yes, trauma. I, I, trauma, I don't know if it was the actual trauma or the way that I took it in and what I dealt with it on the inside that changed it. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I definitely think those are two different things. On the hindsight of it, I think they're two different things, but... I don't know. I, I do think trauma had an impact. So, you know, either way it goes. Um, outside influences versus inside. I, I never really felt like a victim that I just kind of let stuff happen. Um, I definitely. So in my book and in the poem, I have a poem that's called Participant to Pain. Like, I definitely feel like some of what I felt, I did this because I allowed a space for it to happen. So th that's why when he started talking, I was like, ooh, say that again, because that is my thinking. You know what I mean? That at, at a certain point, I did this. You know what I mean? So taking the responsibility for what if, what could, who I am, what I allow, what is what. Yeah, I think it all is a, it's a whole cycle. It's not just a- mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> all the way around. I don't know. For sure. Yeah, I think that circle is true. The cycle of that. Um, when you say we're both the proactive type personalities and whatnot, I think that we go through phases. Um, I know I did for sure, because, you know, while I might not have shown an insecurity at different times in my life, I know I was very receptive to what others expected. Like I say, the sports in general, when um, as an adolescent, I always participated because it was expected. You know, you come from a family that's like, oh, is he going to be the one to make it pro, whatever this, that. So you do push. And that that was part of an ingrained personality. Um, when I look now, when you when you go into that, like I, I say, through high school and even college, I think I was more reactive to what others expected of me at different times. It wasn't really true to myself. I was earlier in my age. But then, like I said, my junior year changed, my senior year changed and in another year so Four straight years, I was going and changing to different schools, different surroundings, different people. So I really was sure of myself at one time, which is kind of hard to say. For, for me, I didn't have those attachments before my sophomore year of high school. Because on a military base, your best friend may be leaving in six months. 
And so you have to recreate new relationships. So I learned, like you you made a comment about the shirt earlier. The one consistent thing I had in my life was my drawing, comic books and superheroes and cartoons. Even to this day, you come in my house and it's on Cartoon Network. So, you you know, those are the, that's why I say back in those days, you might not have seen me do that at Terre Haute South or in South Bend LaSalle because it wasn't as accepted. And so I was like, I, I was always in the sports, in the sports, in the sports. And so that's why I say I might have been more receptive during my younger ages, even into young adulthood. It took trauma for me to change. Um, for instance, the bodybuilding. I competed. And once I won a show, it was like I kept competing because people expected me to compete. People expected me to win. And so it was it was my identity was ingrained with bodybuilding. And even now, I sit here and I look and I'm like, I'm in decent shape, but I always put on Facebook. You'll see on Facebook. Oh, man, I need to get back to this. And I think I'm actually really happy right now. You know, so is it that I want to do that or is it that? I'm expected to do that. And so I have to really categorize what I want as a poet and actually have to separate. Is this something that I need and want or is it what I or is what others are expecting of me? So I still battle with some of that, you know, so. Um, so I think like I, said, I think I was more receptive at one point and, and it, it goes up and down for me a little bit still. No, I think I think that's absolutely correct. Like, uh, I have a theory out there, which I call social string theory, right? If you think of yourself as a string, right? And you have these strands of identity that wrap and twirl around each other. And that's all that you are and all that people perceive you to be. And as you go through life, you gather more and more and more and more within yourself. And as you weave in and out of the fabric of society, Different things will Different be more important, will be more important, less important, less more apparent, apparent, less apparent. Less apparent. And so when you talk so about your drawing, drawing and your cartoons, and your cartoons those are kind those of are endemic kind of to the self. It's the core of those, those strands that tie you together. And so I think when you're talking about being in good shape versus being a bodybuilder, being a bodybuilder is an identity that you can hold that people have expectations on. And so if you want to maintain that identity, not necessarily within your own self, but from the perspective of others, there are requirements and judgments that other people, especially other people who would be quote bodybuilders will make upon that. And it's the same thing for like, you talk about being an army brat, that's core endemic to yourself, right? Yeah. And it's, it's a way to identify a type of upbringing. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, you know, like I said, that's, that's the only way that I can classify it, you know, um, to kind of bring my perspective in and bring into the factor that, um, how I actually deal with people. And I, I see that across the board with a lot of us, um, you know, the expectations others have on you. I mean, honestly, even with, with college and stuff, everybody here has gone to college. You know, I didn't care about college. Um, I was always thought that once you're in the military, the kids are going to go this and that. So I, and it was literally until I did move away from the base that I started actually thinking about 
past high school, past high school. you know, outside, yeah. of outside of sports. So and see, college wasn't an option for me. College was something that you need to know what you're going to do. <laughs> you know, if you're not going to college, then what is it? Yeah. Um, Sony wasn't an option. My mom raised me pretty much in Nashville. We came back because we got sick. So my, my grandmother got sick, excuse me. But, you know, other than that, it, it's like Terre Haute wasn't ever where I was supposed to be. That was never, that was a, a reason. It was not something that was supposed to be the end all. So if not college, then it had to come from me. You know, I needed to figure out military, um, you know, we have a saying, there's no place for a black man in a white man's army. We don't do military. That's That was never something that was even an option. Like to say military was like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might as well say, I, I got to go to jail for a couple of years. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Military? Oh my God. Like, no, it's not what you do. So college or what? Because military wasn't on the table, even though it was clear with the benefits of as far as paying for it, as far as the security, as far as the future, all of that, it, it was not a place. That's not what we do. You know I mean? I, yeah, that's, it's an option, but so it was a matter of what college it, it was a matter of what type of college, what did you want from college? What experience were you looking for? What was your degree? What are you doing afterwards? Um, I had issues of being so forward thinking that I missed a lot of what happened right now. I'm so worried about after high school, I got to go to college. What college am I going to go to? Let's pick a college, pick a college, pick a college. Getting in college, went to the dream college. I Howard was was my dream. There was everything that I could possibly imagine. But the only thing that was my forward focus in was what was after? What What's my degree? What am I going to do with my degree after I get it? Okay, I'm going to get the degree. No, that's a no brainer. It was like the experience of getting it never kind of set in and it was always what's next what's next but never you know love right now <laughs> you know what I mean so I missed a lot of that and if if I can pinpoint like a regret or or something that I feel like kind of you know studying my growth a little it would be that it would be that I I missed now I missed some experiences even though I did things I wasn't fully in it was always next and so I don't, um, I don't know. It, it's a, I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, similarly, I remember being in second grade and my mom came up to me and my brother and she said, you guys are going to college. We're not going to help you, but you're going. And I was like, yeah. that's the expectation. Right. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's an external requirement of, of self that's kind of inscribed upon you by another that you then internalize, or at least I did. And I remember while I was in college, everyone's like, oh, you're a great debater. You, you argue a lot, blah, blah, blah. You need to go to law school. So I went to law school and it was the worst idea I had ever had. <laughs> and I um, uh, wish I had never done it, but you know, these, these things build character, right? Um, and so and so I went from basically failing out of, of law school uh, and uh, went back to grad school. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can still do this academic shit. You know, I'm good at that. But it's a gut punch, right? And you have to reconfigure who you are and what your strengths are. 
when you when you have that kind of trauma, right? Uh, versus the expectations that you have, you know, what are you going to do? And I think kind of getting back to the original uh, elements of, of this conversation that Frank has uh, posed to us is how how to help kids who are struggling to figure out how to just be, right? And, and that is hard because at least I, I mean, I'd like to say all of us, but at least I remember growing up and we didn't have, I mean, we had the internet, but it was kind of a baby at the time, right? We didn't grow up with text messaging and everybody having a phone and a social media presence and all that shit and trying to judge yourself versus this uh, complex of images that are kind of forced upon you that are all fake. So, yeah. um, I'm sorry, Frank. Go no, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, my daughter, she's 10. Um, I said I have four. So, my 10 year old, right before her birthday, um, she had an issue where we completely changed the, the theme and the direction of the party. She has been JoJo Siwa crazy dubbing forever. So, we're unicorns, butterfly art themed out, you know, what I mean, like crazy as much as you can find glitter anywhere. And she decided that she just wants to call it arts and crafts. She doesn't want to do like actual rainbows and she doesn't want to do this and the other. She loves them like rainbows, unicorns. I don't know what it is, but that's she, I mean, for a long time. And it was a girl told her that if she had too many rainbows at her party, that meant she was gay. So now my child who... And I don't feel like she's oblivious to it, but what does this have to do with my party? Now we're having to to explain to her that it's okay if you want whatever you want, regardless of what they what they think. But she's concerned now that she doesn't want people to think this or she doesn't want people to think that. But that never came into her mind before. So now we're having to deal with something that she wasn't ready for (laughs) she shouldn't have had to be explained to um and all of that to say when my kids have these identity issues because it seems like they pop up randomly for each issue and it's not always the same one with each kid but I mean we I have to always just reaffirm to her to them to even my son like what what do you like what what does this mean to you when you see rainbows how do you feel on the inside (laughs) you know what I mean so the advice that I give them all the time is to always look to you like when somebody is saying you know I don't like what you have on or I don't understand why you wear this that and the other my daughter loves suspenders I don't know why maybe our cable got cut off and she watched us too much Urkel on DVD. I, I don't know what happened. Suspenders are badass. Susp- They're awesome. Oh man. She went through a suspender <laughs> craze where everything had suspenders on it. She would put on the cutest outfit and then she would come out with these suspenders and you're like, oh. but that was Hell her yeah. thing. But so until somebody else started making fun of her, it, it was cute to her. And then she felt bad about it. Okay. So how do you feel when you put them on? You know what I mean? What do you think when you see yourself? You know, when you take a picture and you're showing her pictures of it, when you got this big, huge smile on your face, 
it's always have to be because I'm not always going to be here to tell you how you feel. I can't help you think <laughs> through what you want. So at some point, you, the source has to always be you. It, on the inside, do you feel good? On the inside, do you agree with them? On the inside, you know, what I mean? like, and, and I try to drill that to them because if that if you don't agree with that, then just remove yourself from. I've never had an issue removing myself from somebody. My kids get this. I just want to be liked. I don't have that, so I. It's a hard. It's hard for me right. to understand. All right. All right, though, but sometimes you have to battle it, right? Because yes, and and Frank and I, have, <laughs> Frank and I have talked about this. When I was when I went from Sarah Scott in middle school to South, I went from having you know all these people around me that I knew to being in classes where everybody came from Honey Creek and Woodrow Wilson, and I was the only one left from South. Or I'm sorry, from from Sarah Scott, and it was very clear to me that you could not be considered smart or academically gifted unless you came from those two schools. Yeah. And it was an absolute trial to have to make it through these classes with these assholes who had no time for me <laughs> and no interest. interest. And, yeah. and, and so, I mean, like, I, I hate to say this, but it was, it was a lonely time for the most part because I had no no continuity of any kind going from that. Okay. But you have, I mean, but that's, that's a battle. It's like, I know that I'm gifted. I have to, I have to persevere despite being told by everybody to shut up, get the fuck out and go down a level. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to defend Wilson at all um, because they definitely were a lot of jerks. Most of them, um, I, I was not a nice person and not known to be a nice person at Wilson. Most of them didn't like my attitude because I was always the smart black girl. And that used to always piss me off. So I had to always be the jerk to correct them about what I wasn't. Um, sure. But they, but they definitely taught that. But administrative wise, all that, just, they definitely, in the name of school spirit, in the name mm -hmm. of pushing the agenda of being better then you know we had to we were aware that sarah scott had certain lower numbers than we did we were very aware that sarah scott and you know other schools weren't performing honey creek with who we mm -hmm. were chasing you know we sure. had to beat them that was our goal they got this we have to do that and it was all in the name of school spirit of being the better school but it definitely as a kid i mean it's just i mean that goes back to you could connect it to the same way racism works. If you're in a household sure. and people are constantly telling you and pointing to you that this person is not that all in the name of loving yourself, then don't love, you know, white people. You can't be black if you love white people. Then you feel a certain type of way if you do. You, you're you looked at you kind of like, OK, but I actually, you know, they're, they're cool. <laughs> you know, why not? You know, you that is a self-identity. So when you go, when, you know, at Wilson, that that's how it was. That's the type of brainwashing administrative wise that the kids were under that we had no idea. Like that's the kind of things that rained down on us in order to make, you know, fundraising better from one school to the other. That's what sure. they did. Um, so kids paid for it greatly. I, I don't know how to 
fix that, you know, other no, I mean, than I, because they I'm, passed I'm, on. When I go to South, it's still horrible. When you you go oh, down sure. South and you look at, at all those plaques on the wall and they're mm-hmm. like so-and-so graduated from South and their wall is so much more decorated than the one that came from another school. And yeah, it's still, they're not doing no better. <laughs> they're, they're not helping any more than what they were. No, I'm, I'm with you. But I mean, this goes into what I was talking about, having others tell you how to be and what to be to and what to value, right? Yeah. Grooming. Yeah, grooming. Grooming. It's trying, what, it's trying what you both said earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what, what you I mean, said what earlier you said about, about grooming about and, how and how you deal with your children. With your children. Robert, what you're saying, Robert, how you were brought up when you got to the classrooms. It's not just the kids. It's what they were taught. They were taught. So when you bring so it back to the overall back question, which you said question, earlier, said a minute ago, it comes down to us, down to us telling people telling and, and people reinforcing that they can be who they, they are, be who they are, you know, without having to without worry, about, to others worry about others or how you perceive. How you now, perceive. It now it is a battle. Um, I deal with it here with, with, the, with my stepchildren and everything. But what we have to do is continue to reinforce what they're doing. What they love to do, they love to do, and and try and, to and try groom to them in a proper manner a proper to, be to be themselves. I agree. I totally agree on that one. Totally agree on that one. And it's a very intelligent group right here. Very intelligent. Can you nope. hear me? <laughs> An intelligent group sure. plus Robin. Sure. Plus Robin. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but, um <laughs> so I'm, I'm Robin, so you're I'm sitting back next to all you guys. Sitting back and, to all um, you guys and, um, what I hear is this. We talk about self-identity. What is your definition of self-identity? In a few words, can you give me a definition of when you hear self-identity, what do you think it means? Um, just the way you see self. I want to go before Robert because I already know what his answer is <laughs> me. Um, so uh, <laughs> just, just the way I, I view myself, just the perceptions that I put on me, you know, and of what I think is good enough, what I think is right, you know, when I look in the mirror, is this okay? okay. You know, what I see. Okay. Robin? Um, for me, um, having self-identity is um, keeping up my values in any situations. Um, kind of, like I said, just pretty much what material just said, um, being able to be who you are when you see yourself be who you are when you look in the mirror, when I look at when I'm in your presence, her presence or whoever, no matter the situation, if I'm aware of who I am and have my own identity, I'll know how to react in those situations and be comfortable when I do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. OK, Robert. Well, I think that there's two two different ways to look at it, right? There's the identity, there's the identity that is core to me. And I actually probably couldn't even tell you that right now. It's it's relations. I'm I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm an axiologist, despite whatever my title says, which I think is like lead consultant, which is stupid. Um, I'm Catholic. Um, you know, I'm all these different things, right? And depending on where I am and what I'm doing certain things rise to the forefront and and so it's it's a wonderful malleable thing but there are certain elements in my past also that i don't want to let go of yes 
you know? I want to be strong, considered strong by other people. But if my dumbass was carrying some insulation and rolled my ankle, and so I couldn't even walk on my own right now. So definitely not strong today. Uh, I want to be smart, but... You know, I, you know, I was reading my book today and I realized I was smarter 10 years ago than I am today. And that is both a thing that I look back on fondly and it's a gut punch. And so I all I can say is that my identity is ever shifting, ever being shaped. It's coalescing. And that's that's my self-identity. And the external identity of how people see me, fuck them. All of them. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you say that because the reason why I asked you, y'all three, for your definition of self-identity, the way I look at it is it's a mission statement of your life. We are here from birth to whenever the time is up, whenever our expiry date is. And that just, I should have reworded it and said self-identity. I should have said mission statement because with the mission statement that as an individual, you got to have what? Building blocks. Robert talked about that. He talked about his past. He want people to consider him strong. Core values. What are your strengths and weaknesses? You gotta, you gotta um, identify your strengths and weaknesses. I think that's part of your self identity. And the reason why is you have outside interference, as Natera said with her daughter about the, um, JoJo. Is, I, heard, I keep hearing about that cartoon or that. Cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I keep hearing. About, thank God my daughters ain't on that. Yet. But um, but you have outside interference. Talk, talk about the rainbow, and they kind of change your course. You know, because they want to interfere and throw negativity, as we call hate, and it it starts at an early age, and it's sad because it still goes on until adulthood. And when does it stop? When does it stop? You know, when are you, when, when are we going to stop having the outside interference trying to throw us off on our course? You know, because we're all focused on one thing. That just get to hopefully eternal life. If and not. some people have a lot of intern, internal noise. Yep. Is that mm-hmm. they, yeah. where they hear, you know, maybe um, biblically wise, but they'll say like the, the most powerful tool of the devil is just the power of suggestion you know just that little bit of doubt just that little bit of you know not persuade you from changing in your direction altogether but just stopping for a few minutes is enough to change and to alter and to redirect you and to get you unfocused and a lot of kids I see that inside of my daughter my oldest well her issue was I think she thinks so we deal with a lot of that. I look at her like, I said it like, I didn't say it like anything. The way I said it is what I mean. So mm-hmm. my tone, my body language, my frustration of something that has nothing to do with her. If I take a breath too deep before I answer her, God forbid, like that means I didn't want to answer her. That means I don't want to deal with this conversation. That, no. I needed more air before I said whatever I said, and that's all it was. But inside, and it's a lot of how she feels, and I don't, I don't know if that comes from what other people are pouring into her that is making her feel a certain way. But her issue seems to be in 
her pull, her distraction, her noise is all inside. Her, mm. what stops her from doing things is something that is in her head. I have to pull her out of her head into reality. But what does it really look like? <laughs> what do you actually see? Um, and I, I see that a lot with like her friends. When they come and talk to me, we're, I'm, I'm pulling them out of this matrix for a second. Like, no, come on. Let's just, I, I know the world may be coming to an end, but can we just today? It's not, you know what I mean? Like just hold on right now. So I, I don't know if that's a generational thing. I definitely felt like, feel like in our time, it was, I never really felt those dare people were effective. I didn't see people wandering around trying to hand out drugs and pressure you into doing it. But the power suggestion that if you weren't, that you're different mm -hmm. was enough. Nobody was pushing it and, and, and begging you or how dare you or, or actually calling you a name for not. But, oh, there's no need to invite the zero. You know, she's not going to drink anyway. <laughs> you know, it, it's so, funny you say that because I do think it's a generational thing. Um, our, I, and it, it might like be, different. it might not even be generational, but the way technology has changed from our day to, to, to today, the kids are seeing some. I mean, even television shows. We grew up with Family Matters. They grow up with TV shows where the kids are in charge. Thirteen Risen Why? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like crazy stuff that they grow up with that we didn't have. Yeah. You know, and so when you see those things, when you say your daughter's battling with something internally, it may not be the way someone has reacted to her, but it might be something as as easy as that. So Raven on Disney or something like that, that she might have picked up on this show here or that show there. And she's internalizing it that when she sees a heavy breath, somebody's mad at me or something like that. And I, I think that comes that comes from the way TV uh, society itself has changed and migrated with the, with the rise in technology also. I, I agree with that. And so I've got a five-year-old and I've had to actively call his YouTube by blocking certain sites and stuff like that. Because even though he's got like a child subscription, there are things where the, it's premised on the kids talking back to the parents and being little assholes. And no, 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 no. Caillou. Yeah. For sure. my daughter's favorite. Nip that, nip that right in the bud. And he's like, why can't, why can't I find Caillou? I'm like, I don't know, kid. Maybe you need to learn how to read first. Once you can type that shit in, then we have more problems. But while you are illiterate, everything is in my hands. My daughter pushes the microphone. I don't know who taught her, but she does it. She's four. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that was good. That was good. You know, and we're already at 55 minutes into the show, and we're going to have to do this again. You know, this this is a great group. I ain't going to lie. This is probably one of my favorite groups. Right now. I, I ain't going to lie. It's good. But it was fun. All time. Definitely yeah. fun. All time. But I'm gonna yeah. give you something, guys, to think about in, in your own words. <laughs> At this very moment, this very moment, do you feel like you're different? Like you're different. And what I mean by different is, by different. do you think people look at you in a way that you're different? The reason why I ask this question, because Robin, I talked to you. I'm bringing an old conversation. <laughs> <laughs> a old conversation. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, or I think three weeks ago. Like, hey, man, you want to be on the show? How things going? You like, yeah. You like, yeah, I do it, but. What you say? You, what do you, you remember what you told me? You I'm like, listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. You remember you say you like um, people think I'm weird. 
I'm weird, man. Yeah. This kind of made me want to do this show right now. I'm like, I need that dude. I was like, you sure you want me on here? You know, I'm different. So why you say that? All right. I am a 40 year old black man that has no problem dressing up as Superman, Batman or any other superhero. If I'm having a bad day, I live in like north of Boston. I will put a Superman costume and go to work. Um, I, I mean, real talk, you know, it's just it's my lifestyle um, of doing the costuming. I'm always asked, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to stop this and that? Um, I told you earlier, I, I used to draw. Well, my art migrated from drawing to actually sewing, which is where I make my costumes. Um, so I enjoy wearing, you know, and so I'll go do my little things with kids as far as hospitals and stuff. But I found that that makes me feel good sharing my art and making somebody else smile in the same situation. Um, so I like I said, I'm very different. I mean, I, I got told that at my own church, uh, you know, so, you know, they, they somebody got on my Facebook one time and saw me in all these tights. I'm like, what you doing that for? Looking all crazy and stuff. Are you serious? Like, it's, that's me. Yeah, I'm dead serious, man. Yeah. So that's why I say I'm a little different. I'm not the average. I mean, and I say that because even my grandmother would be like, when are you going to grow out of that? You about to get married. You got a family now. And ain't you getting too old for that? Like, no, nah, the kids love it. So. I make them costumes to match me now. So I, I can be Batman with a little Robin now. So it works for me. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love, hey, man, don't ever stop being you, man. Don't. Oh, I'm not. Don't worry. I don't, don't worry. worry. Don't I, 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 I grew out of that phase. I grew out of that phase. Do you, man. Hell, just do you, man. You're a good one, man. I always have respect for you, brother. Man, I appreciate that. Love you, too, man. Love you, too, brother. Go ahead, Mr. Tara. Um, so one of my excuse me, favorite quotes, or I don't know where it came from, says, many have an image of me, but few get the picture. And I really think. Love it. Love it. That I love that. I love that. Yeah. who that's I nice. am. I might be putting that um, on Facebook. <laughs> it's already like, it's, I think that's my, 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 one of my profile pictures. But um, that's just how I feel. My initial um, like they, they say you only get a like one time to make a first impression. People see me and it's never a accurate who I am. They I oh I had I spent more time having the conversation of I would have never thought you were so cool. I would have never thought, you know, we could have a conversation like this or whatever it is. It's I I don't know what it is. I can never get a, a true answer on well, what did you think? It's always a ha ha ha, <laughs> but I didn't think. You would be. Um, so I'm sure what people see of me is not what it is. I don't think I've ever really, I, I mean, at some point I've cared. There are some people that I really want to know and see me and it actually affects me when they don't see who I am or they, you know, perceive me in the wrong way. But for the most part, I'm not really a people person. You know, I'm a, a very extroverted, introvert, introverted, extrovert, however that goes. Like I don't, I could totally be in a crowd full of people and smile and shake hands and walk around the whole room and be fine and never need a personal connection with anybody and will enjoy myself. Like, I don't need <laughs> to, you know, have deep talks and, and all of that. But, you know, when you meet a, a certain spirit or you come across a certain spirit, you, you connect and it's a, 
you know, a networking miracle. But for the most part, it's, I don't know. I, that's just, I know people don't think what they, you don't get half of, you don't think half of what you get when dealing with me, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, Tara, I really do appreciate you joining really on. You um, it on. I, I thank say, you for I, asking. No, 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 you're going to be a regular no, guest. No, this regular this guest. panel right here, <laughs> we're all on the Facebook group. We're going to make sure we stay in contact. Matter of fact, I'm going to need two, Absolutely. I'm going to need a picture from you and a picture from Robert, I mean from uh, Robin. So I can go ahead and have my cartoon so guy create. <laughs> yeah, because I, I like this. I'm, I'm feeling this right here. And, um, Natera, another thing. I think this is our first time ever having a conversation this long. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, so this is groundbreaking new shit right here. So y'all, y'all teach me something, man. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like the mixture of this. This is pretty good right here. Um. When you asked, I was kind of like, what? I read it, and I'm going, what? Why? I, you know, I <laughs> Why felt, would he want to do I, I just felt I just felt, I felt like, like I told you earlier offline, it's like, I just felt an intellectual, intellectual strength from you, and sure enough, it blew me away, you know, and I like it, you know, you, I like it. all you guys mix together. All you guys mix together. God, I'm hearing the echo, 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 echo. But, um, yeah, let's do that. Let's, yeah, let's do that. Let's do this again. Let's do this again. Absolutely. No doubt. It was fun. You are right on. Robert, right on. you want to go ahead and close it out? Close it Me? Yeah. So, <laughs> am I different? Am I different? Yeah, I think yeah, um, uh, as of today, as of I'm today, probably I'm more, of an, probably more of an imposter than I've ever been. Than I've ever been. Like, uh, like uh, and this is uh, not supposed to be sad. It's supposed to be sad. You know, stuff you have to work on. Like, I'm a brother, I'm but a brother, I haven't talked to my brother in a year. I'm a husband, I'm a but, husband but I I don't know if I'm a good one. Like my parents split when I was 19 days old. So so I just try and make sure I do sure all the things that they, they didn't do, and hope yeah. that it works. And hope that it works. I'm a father, but father I never but had one. Never had one. And so I try so to I try to be there for my kids. Be there for my kids, and do all the things that all the things. I wish I had wish happened and didn't. And and <laughs> I work I work in an engineering, in engineering like company, but company, I'm not but an engineer. I'm not an engineer. So so where I am where is I not am where I expected to be, expected but to be, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. And, and I'm using it as I'm stepping stones, it as stones, to, get stones to get back to where back I want to be. Where I want to be. There you go. You can't beat that. Beat that. Absolutely. Well, check this out. Um, well, check this out. We're gonna um, touch gonna, on this topic uh, again. Touch on this topic again, and maybe elaborate more. Maybe like elaborate more. Like dealing with dealing with significant others that doesn't others, have the same doesn't have the same journey or goal journey or mindset that you want. You know, because it's like we all have this strong personality. Have anybody been with somebody that was you thought had that same goal and mission, but you realize they're more deeply troubled? you expected mm. i i mean i i have had a few but it is, <laughs> it is what it is it, it, it is what it is but um yeah but i think that'd be a good subject to talk about if you're cool with that you know just like you thought you thought one person was one, one person one way they were something else and find out yeah 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 in the power of enabling like I, I learned that the hard way too. 
Man. When it goes from enabling to help, like that, there's like this, like an even thinner line between love and hate. Like it, it's so, <laughs> it's slippery slope of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, difference. Hey, y'all get some rest. I hey, really appreciate giving me an hour and four minutes of you guys' time. Hey, I appreciate you guys, man, you know, and stay safe. And um, we're all on that podcast group. That podcast Let's go group. ahead and um, try yeah. to get another recording in. Shit, this week if you want or next week, let me know. Sure. All right. All right. All right. Y'all have a good night. Y'all be let safe. Let me know. All right. No doubt. All right. All right. Hey, it was Thank good you. talking, y'all. Bye, good seeing right. everybody. All right. Bye. Y'all right. have a good night. And that was another episode of Ben Frank Now. Wow, that was a great, great show. Um, I don't even know where to start, you know. Um, That's a good group of people right there. Damn good group of people. And um, just wish I can keep it going. But hey, always tune in like you guys been doing, you know. On Ben Frank Now show, we'll start getting the um, shows out and about. And um Keep listening. Keep enjoying it. We love you guys. You know what we always say on the Ben Frank Now Show. It doesn't matter your race, religion, your sexual orientation, or the amount of money you have. You're always welcome on. Till next time, love each other. Be safe. We out. And passion burns you like never before.